At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So look, it's like this. Gangs have, depending on sort of what level of gang you in, uh, you know, without getting too far in the weeds, gangs have, at least in LA, different sort of levels. They have like entry level and like intermediate, these like subsets of these sets sort of training you to be part of like the main thing. I, I know it's it gets it gets real complicated, but depending on which one of these you're interacting with, a lot of times the level of violence and harm that you're experiencing or even that they're into like you might be a, this might be a set that's really just into making money or just pimping like whatever the case may be it may not necessarily you may not be necessarily interacting with like the most evolved pokemon of that particular set and one thing to remember is that then that means that like yeah your your experience is going to be different but when you get to the top rungs you start interacting with the fully formed version of that. There's a lyric that I'm pulling from, from Schoolboy Q. He did a song with Freddie Gibbs. And there's a line in there that is a line I've heard so many times, again, being in and around this space. It's that, look, they take one, we take five. Schoolboy, who is unabashedly an A-Tray, Right. And that's as in 83rd, he's a, he's a crip, you know, or at least affiliated with him. He says it multiple times in your music. I'm not, this is not any sort of pretending like I know this nigga well or better than I do. It's in his music, you know, but I do know a trays just from being on the east side of South Central. Anyway, the thing that he's saying, I'm pretty sure you could figure out what he's saying. They take one, we take five is a matter of murder. Like if you kill one of ours, we're going to kill five of yours. We don't, it's not the tit for tat. It's not the take, they bust, we bust. It's not that simple. We are going to over and exceedingly and abundantly overrun you with violence. Why? To stop you from doing it again. 
I, I mean, it's it's to show that, like, listen, this is going to cost you more than what you gain from. That's the street way. And like I said, everybody's hoodsters, playboy gangsters, whatever it is, everybody's approach to gangbanging might be a little different. These A-Trays that, that we talking about right now, under somebody named Monster Cody, who has passed away, but like was a legend with his just disregard for human safety. Like the fear, the repercussion, the like, do not mess with us sometimes may have to do with even the location. Like where they are, there's right below and above. Uh, if you look at the map of where, and it's probably different now, but I, from what I remember, we look at where the map is, it, it, they surrounded, it's two blood sets around them. And then on the other side of the freeway are the rolling 60s, which are also they arch enemies. So like, they're, they're like, we need to be brawlers because we're surrounded on every side. So they take one, we take five. That's like, that's the rule, you know? And if not, then this ain't, this ain't the life for you. So if you gonna mess with us, if you gonna, if you gonna really try to test, you gonna really take one of us, then like, you crazy. You need to really count the cost as to what you doing. Better really be with the shits as you would know, like I said, I'm referring to the the gang life. I remember having to step over these wars and try to get around and try to make sure I don't get caught up into this rap news from my lifetime. And and in my teenage years, these were just some very, very, very violent times that, you know, praise God from whom all blessings flow. I, I avoided a lot. That being said, I've been slapped in the face by a tray and it was not fun. Point is, you know what you're signing up for when you mess with them. So the question has to be, how much of this, like, is this really, really worth it? You got to be utterly convinced because you know that they are really with the shits. So then the question has to be, if Hamas has been around since, you know, shortly after the Muslim Brotherhood and the PLO and, you know, they in the Oslo Accords, like they've been around, which at some point I'm gonna have to talk about the Oslo Accords. If they've been around all these things of every war that Israel has had since their foundation, because the second they got, they became a country, everybody attacked them. You know what I'm saying? Because they was like, nigga, why are you here? Then you should know. Israel got them thing. They don't... They they do not they they are killers. They are the take five people. Like you can't and if you watching the numbers right now, I mean that's what's happening. For every one, there's like twenty. For every one Israeli, there's like twenty Palestinians being lost. So Hamas, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is your logic? And that's what I want to talk about here. Hood politics. All right, y'all, you wasn't outside, part four. Yeah, what what was your calculation? That's, that's, that's what we need to talk about right now. But first, some updates and some other news. So updates, uh, that humanitarian pause we was talking about uh, in the, in the uh, part three, it happened, you know, 
thank the Lord, you know, even with all the all the silly politics and, and wordsmithing around it, some people have been released. Now, it's interesting, again, peep the words being used. The Hamas is asked to release the hostages. Israel is like, or Hamas is like, I'll give you your hostages once you give us our prisoners. And essentially, y'all got hostages too. Now, why are we calling them prisoners and them hostages? Well, there's the obvious, right? That Hamas kidnapped them, nigga. <laughs> like, they don't, they don't all the way around that shit, right? And then there's the other side, why the uh, Palestinians that the Israelis have are prisoners. You would say, well, where did they come from? I thought this started on October 7th. And like I said, nigga, this is season 12, episode 9. You understand what I'm saying? This shit ain't start that day. It just ratcheted up that day. This particular season started. What was interesting about the people that were released and the people they was asked for being released, uh, Hamas had released children. And they, you know, they say the, the mothers and the children, the women and the children, you know, if you, if you, <laughs> if you a male in my age, nigga, you on your own in this shit. But they release the women and 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 the kids. And normally, if they release kids, they release the the kids' mama with them. You know, uh, just it's just like, I mean, it's just the right thing to do. I mean, I know we're talking about right and wrong in a situation like this. It's bonkers. But anyway, uh, so that happened. And but the people that was released from Israel, here's what's real interesting: is Israel's like, I'm not gonna give y'all these murderers, these terrorists, right? But what happened was the, the, some of the people that was being released from Israel, they, wasn't, they was kids too. They were people that being held, listen, without trial and without arrest. They was being held on suspicion of like, oh, no, nigga, you acting like a terrorist. They was like, well, what's, what's the charge against me? We ain't got to tell you. Or how long I'm here? We ain't got to tell you. I'm like, cuz, you know, they kind of sound like, Kind of sound like hostages too. So these words kind of matter. So the people that's been getting off these buses, they kids who were suspected of terrorist activity. Maybe some of them were. I know I've been suspected of gang activity. And maybe if you do the numbers, you understand what I'm saying? You know, you friends with BJ, you friends with this nigga, you friends with this nigga, you in a gang. I'm like, no, I'm not. And they like, well, you know, it looked like a duck and talk like a duck. You know, you friends with all them. I'm like, that's, I mean, I'm just... I'm, that's where I'm from. Like, they was in my Sunday school. They, they, we went to Head Start together. The thing about, I'm, I'm jumping around here, but you got to understand this. Like, even when you talk about suspected of terrorist activity, the thing about, like, inner city life, I, like, I'm looking at this boy's face in my mind. I'm looking at it. We went to elementary school together, junior high, and by the time we was in high school, he was banging hard. And at that point, I had to, like, see him when he wasn't with the homies to be like, come on, fam. Like, nigga, you know me. Like, so what I'm saying is like, yo, these, a lot of times the murderers that are happening between these sets, like, look, we was in, kids was in Little League together. We was in Pop Warner together. We went to the same after school programs, the same summer, you know, summer, like city rec center things. Like we all knew each other. And then you start, and then like, it'd be a dude, you know, cause you went to like, I went to summer school with this kid, you know, that like, May have murdered your homeboy or may have murdered you as kids. They they were on the same football team when they was kids. Because it's not it's not that big of a place. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like neighborhoods like that, like, yeah, you know, if you play the cities, you know how city leagues, ASO, all that shit work. Like, we're friends. 
So if you wrap me up on some like suspicion of terrorism, it's like, I mean, I guess, but no, I haven't committed a crime. That's my cousin. That's my homeboy. I love him. You know, they may have just got back from a lick and now they in my house. I don't know. We just walked home together from school. Like I don't. So authorities oftentimes when they're authoritarian like that, they just wrap you all up. They just like, if you know them. And what's crazy is like the streets be acting like that too. It's like, look, nigga, if, if you know, I, I love how you standing on your square, but like, Nigga, if you owe me money and you acting like you a tough guy, uh, your daughter is with you, your uncle is with you, so somebody gonna run me my check. It's just, it's authoritarian. Like, it's, that's how that shit works now. So there's been an exchange in prisoners, you know, a handful of them. And I say a handful, which isn't fair because every life obviously is precious, and to that to that family, that one baby home is like, is the world today to them, you know? So it's difficult when you're talking about big numbers to, you know, not sound like you're minimizing the individual story. That's not what I'm trying to do here when I say a handful. But y'all know if you listen to the show, I don't, I don't move like that. Now, in a related other news, kind of like tangentially related, nigga, the, <laughs> the G-O-A-T the greatest of all time of war crimes, nigga, the greatest war criminal of all times, as of yesterday, November the 29th, has finally passed away. Nigga, Henry Kissinger, at a hundred, a hundo, a century, nigga, a century years old, this nigga finally dead. I, 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 I should not be laughing, because that's somebody, Paul Paul. But let me tell you something. You remember in the movie Forrest Gump? How to, how in in Forrest Gump? Man, I don't know how old y'all are, but in Forrest Gump, you remember how Forrest was at everything? Like that was part of the funny of the movie. It's like Forrest was he was at everything. You know, he was just I'm sorry, I broke up your Black Panther party. Like he was at everything. So if you think of any war. <laughs> That the U.S. has fought. <laughs> right after World War II, all of them. Any destabilization that has happened across the world that America was involved in. Throw a rock at a nation. <laughs> Just throw a rock at a map. And be like, has America been involved there? Yeah. Have we, are we the cause of millions and millions of <laughs> deaths and, and poverty and famine? Yeah. Did we make a ton of money from this? Yeah. That nigga Kissinger was in the room. <laughs> he was an American diplomat. Now, what's crazy is like my, my wife, prefer to her by her prefix, Dr. Alma, was trying to ask me like, hey, uh, where did you learn about him? Is there a Kissinger class? And I'm like, no, he's just, it's it's the dude that's, it's the actor that's in every movie, but he's not the star of the movie, but he's in every movie, right? He's that guy where it's like, hey, what's old boy name that's in? He was in this, he also in this. He played a boyfriend in this, and then he the father in this show. What's all me name? That's Kissinger, but for war crimes. So anyway, he did. Matter of fact, Anthony Blinken said, when he released his little, yo, he'll be sorely meeks. Rest in peace. We lost a real one. Blinken was like, nigga, I called that nigga last week to ask him about this. A hundred, hundred years old. He was like, nigga, I'm still trying to get this nigga's advice. Like, 
<laughs> man, depending on who biography you reading, Henry Kissinger is the greatest diplomat or the worst war criminal of all time. Like, I mean, he on that, he on, I mean, he on the Mount Rushmore, y'all. This nigga put up Kobe and LeBron numbers of deaths, okay? And like, I believe there's a count them six part episode on bastards. Anyway, let's move on to the topic of this show. Hamas, nigga, why? Like, what's the basis? Why, why this and why now? Let's talk. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, we're back. Now, there is something that's probably going to have to be an, uh, apparently now a part five, where we have to back up and really talk about the birth of Hamas, the uh, the birth of, you know, um, I mean, I got to talk about Isak Rabin. I got to talk about Yasser Arafat, the Muslim Brotherhood, the PLO, like the Palestinian Liberation Organization. Like this, there's there's some really interesting and pretty like oh man some thorny 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 stories there but ultimately remember what i said to y'all a, a long time ago about like negotiating peace with warring gangs is the idea of like it's how how could why would i shit on my own cousin's grave i'm just gonna shit on his grave by sitting sitting across from a person and from a collective who are responsible for this and you talking about talking about peace Nigga, no, bring my little brother back. And the other side feels the same way. So when you talk about like the Oslo Accords and stuff like that, and the idea that like a lot of times, you know, well, not a lot of times, nigga, every time. And it's exactly what's going on in these areas now. The These gangs don't speak for us all. These gangs are made up of us and we are victims of. Like it's both. You know, the 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 partition that you would even the idea of a two-state solution, that didn't come from the ground. Nigga, that came from the UN, right? Israel was like, we here, we not leaving. Palestine was like, the fuck you not, right? Well, like, what the hell is happening? Nigga, you just showed up at our house. The UN was like, okay, guys, y'all, I know y'all saw this war we just went through all through Europe. Like, nigga, they gotta go somewhere. Okay. Out of that time, you know, the PLO who were Radical for a while and then eventually kind of toned down and sort of became almost like the elite power. They were the ones that were at the table when it was time to negotiate what ended up being the Oslo Accords. Again, this is going to be its own show at some point. The Oslo Accords were a backdoor, like, all right, nigga, like, we're going to do this thing in Madrid where everybody is like, that's where all the news media is, but let's do the real talking here. Because the news media won, if the PLO comes at the time, the PLO, which according to the, to the rest of the world, they were a terrorist organization. You don't get to negotiate with diplomats, nigga, like, you not. So at first, but in reality, the PLO actually ran ran the show. So they sat down with Itzhak Rabin, who was at the time the president of Israel. Anyway, I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna make this a whole story at some point. But the point is the at in 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 the behind closed doors, they agreed, okay, listen, this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give y'all the West Bank, I'm gonna give y'all Gaza, that'll be your shit. And we're gonna recognize that you can have that. And in return, the PLO was like, all right, y'all here? I guess y'all here. We'll talk about Jerusalem later. That was kind of that was kind of the situation, right? And that was supposed to give us a little bit of peace. But PLO came home and was like, well, there's still Israeli settlements in the West Bank. Like, y'all gonna y'all gonna leave? <laughs> and Israel was like, oh yeah, no, nah, that's not that's not a part of the deal. This no, nah, we could still we could still be over there. The 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 Palestinian forces, the PLO, assumed that meant that like y'all was just gonna leave us alone. Like that meant that you were gonna recognize us as a state. We was gonna do this whole two two state shit. That's what isn't that what they said? I thought that's what we was gonna do. And they said that like, well, no, we just agreed that we would recognize the West Bank and and at the time the Golan Heights and 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 um Gaza is yes, Palestinian governed, but it's still it's still Israel. It's like nigga, it's not still Israel. 
And so, so they looking at Isak Rabin like, nigga, come get your people. But Isak, he couldn't get him to move. So they like, nigga, why was we negotiating with you? Nigga, you ain't got no power. At the same time, there was still violence happening to Israelis in Palestine. They looking at the PLO like, nigga, get your people. But remember the PLO at the time, I'm again, it's going to be his whole story at some point. They didn't even live in Palestine. They was rich elite. They not even in the streets. Y'all not even out here suffering with us. Like y'all out here, y'all trying to be pretty boys. Y'all trying to be diplomats and shit. Like y'all trying to grow up and make your shit go. You not even out here in the streets. You not even feeding us, nigga. Like you not even helping us. You know who in the streets with us is this org called Hamas. Hamas out here feeding the kid. Hamas out here getting active for us. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't even live here. You don't even live here. At this time, the PLO is exiled. So they like, nigga, you don't even live here. Hamas live here. They riding for us. Hamas the ones that's like looking at the rest of the world. And remember when I talked about normalizing? This is another show. We talked about this before. The last time Israel and them like showed up in the news, we was talking about normalizing relations. Like in the same way we did with like with Taiwan to where China is like, Nah, you can't accept them and then not be friends as a side. Now, I'm going to do a little TikTok about that one. I'm going to jump around here. But, like, that situation hilarious. Maybe I'll end with that. But uh, they like, listen, you can't normalize with them, meaning you can't, you can't treat them like they're an actual nation. This is what Palestine's saying, like, looking at the rest of the Arab world, who remember in the 60s, y'all went to war with them. Y'all, do you remember? You, y'all remember that? Like... Egypt, Iran, like y'all went to war because four of y'all attacked them because you knew this shit was bullshit. Problem was Israel mopped them all. Like that's that's what's crazy. And how did they mop them all? Guess what? Let me wrap it around with you. With Henry Kissinger's weapons, nigga Henry Kissinger sent sent the heat to Israel. It, this look, it's all connected. So anyway, um, so Palestine's argument is like, listen, dude, like until they reckon with these gross human atrocities man don't accept them don't like don't let these niggas come to the table like you don't normalize relations with israel like that had to be part of the situation it's like we have no other clearly they could kick our ass like because they kicked all of y'all asses so like we need what is our like we have no leverage here unless y'all make it as terrible as you can until they solve this issue and according to the Israelis, they was like, this is the Palestinian problem. Just like the, the Jews had the, or the German had the Jewish problem, right? So, so they was just like, you are a thorn. Like, we're trying to come up. If y'all just don't like, nigga, like, y'all chill. We didn't gave you this. We didn't gave you this. Like, man, let us move on. Let us come be, let's be, y'all not letting us be great, you know? And it's like, nigga, no, no, we're not. You lucky we agreed to the 67 shit that only gave us a bedroom in our own house, you know? And you did that by bullying us. And we just listened to the UN because it's like, I mean, I guess y'all did go through some shit. That was kind of the attitude. But God dog, man, like, be good house guests. Shit, it's not yours. And they was like, nigga, yes, it is. Like we said before, but it was ours. We just left. Thanks for keeping it nice. Like, just crazy. But either way, it was like, what? We can't live? Y'all don't want us to live? We're not allowed to live? It's like, no, nigga, nobody's saying that. Well, somebody's saying it now because they... So Hamas and them, who's in the streets, they kind of like, bro, let's try this peaceful way. You know, and there was... I remember when I was a kid, there was this picture with, with Bill Clinton. He, like, he swore he swore he fixed the problem. You know, he had 
Yeah, Yasser Arafat and Isak Rabin, they was all at the uh, at the White House shaking hands, talking about like, yo, it's going to be good this time. You know, and like either way, both of them, neither of them had the juice back home to be able to keep their hoods in check, right? Hell, Isak Rabin got assassinated. They murked him. He really ain't had a juice. What continued to happen was the same violence that was going on bef before the shit. There was a whole... There was a whole radicalized shooting, uh, the Hebron incident where this this Israeli dude just like just shot up some Palestinians, just shot him up, just like on some like Dylan Roof styles. Like there's just it's just all kind of like just crazy shit happening. And it's like, nigga, y'all ain't got no power. And and so Hamas, Hamas has lost all confidence in the PLO. Y'all not even out here. The government saw Isaac Rabin over in Israel as he too saw. So when you get super hard right-wing nativists in power, which in some ways, some will argue that's what's happening right now. It's the extremists that are in power. It's the hotheads in the hood that's like turning up all the heat with us. Like, nigga, if y'all would just like, God damn, man, like, like fall back. Neither one of them is like, nah, nigga, fuck your truce. I'm not spitting on my granddaddy's grave. They like, I give these fools no quarters. Y'all not even supposed to be here. That's what they both feel. So anyway, this is the background that Hamas coming into this. So for a long time, they've been in the news and they did the protest way. They did the, they did the Western way. They did the, they did the negotiation. We did the thing. Y'all ain't like it when we got active. So we chilled out, you know, and started, what started happening was they stopped being in the news. This is according to, I mean, this is real, but. Again, we asking like, why would Hamas do what they do? Especially knowing how Israel moved. Because like I said, Israel takes five. You take one, we take five. Like they have not, I, I, I need you to understand this. As since Israel has been a country, they haven't taken an L. Israel hasn't lost a war. They've had a lot of wars and they have not lost. They almost, they almost lost in the 60s when, when against Egypt. Egypt was whooping their ass. For a while, they almost lost until your boy Kissinger came through. <laughs> rest in mud, nigga. Rest in piss. Good God. Anyway, I mean, I guess it depends on who you're asking. Now, huh, if you're Hamas, you have to be looking across the aisle. You have to, you have to know they receipts. Them niggas take five. Like, if how is this like? We are going to suffer worse if we do this. You have to know that you're gonna and the and and clearly, if you think about the moves they made, this wasn't an overnight decision. This was calculated. Why? You gonna take one? They gonna take five. And if you looking at the numbers on the TV right now, that's exactly what's happening. But like, it's like I mean, I'm making up the number, but like, it feel it feel like for every every time they talk about some little Israeli person, you gonna show me twenty Palestinian bodies. Why would you do this? And here's what Hamas said in an interview, believe it or not, with the New York Times. <laughs> and I mean, again, listen, you can listen to about 75 to 80% of what somebody like this would say. There's a, there is a good nugget of truth in these words. And, but you can understand 100% of the fact that this is their perspective, okay? Like, that's just... That's just real. This is absolutely their perspective. And their perspective is, y'all stop talking about us. Countries around us 
It's like you forgot what we were going through. Every like countries are normalized. They're starting to normalize. You're starting to make normal trade relations. We figured that um, America was a lost cause. We're not going there's no way we're not going to stop y'all. We get it. But the neighbor, but y'all, the neighborhood, the only people still willing to be like, no, this shit is trash is Jordan and Morocco. Y'all the only two that are down to be like, oh, nah, I'm not going to normal. The rest of the people are like, yo, it's too much money out here. I, I mean, look, man, they not leaving. They not leaving and they got all the bread. I just, I don't know. I don't know what you want us to do. It's like, what, what do you want us to do, man? They're, they're here to stay. They're here to stay. And with that attitude, Hamas felt like our cause was forgotten. And we don't know, we, I, there's no, the protests stopped happening. There used to be protests all the time. Free Palestine was everywhere. It was like, there's no more protests. We're not in the news anymore. Nobody's talking about humanitarian aid. It's, it's, we, we feel forgotten. And we felt like this is the only way to remind y'all that we still exist. We live in this open air prison and it seemed like everybody just acting like this is okay. And now y'all are starting to actually, factually, truthfully, just, you're just acting like it's okay. And it's only getting worse for us. So we just figured, I don't, like, I don't know, man. Like, I bet you, you know, they just all just living comfortable over there. I bet you if we just, uh, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know, hit a caboots and, you know, attack a music festival, maybe y'all would just remember that we was alive. So if, if that's your attitude, then you feel like the carnage has to be crazy. The carnage has to, if in their mind, it's like I'm condensing 40 years of carnage into a weekend just for you to understand what we've been feeling. That's their words. Listen, I, look, look, I'm just translating for Now, one would ask, how the hell do you know this? <laughs> it would be a good question. It's like, nigga, can you just ask Hamas? Actually, yes. This is this is the part that's wild to me. They got like offices. Like there's a there's an office in Qatar. There's they got an office in Beirut, nigga, like with desks and shit. Like they not all brawlers. Like they some of them are like, again, like I told you with the Black Panthers. It's like you ask 10 different Panthers, they got 10 different reasons. Everybody got run, everybody run things differently. You feel me? But them niggas did an interview. Yeah, out there in Doha, and Doha's in Qatar. And um, yeah, they were like, dude, we just felt like y'all, like everybody stopped caring about us. Like we over here, like, damn, like nobody cared no more. And they was hoping really that like the rest of the Arab nations would jump in. They was like, look, you know, maybe we could, maybe we could get y'all to get active. Cause y'all, y'all acting real soft right now. Like, like you don't forgot who you was. Y'all finna jump in or what? And of course, we saw up there, we saw Hezbollah jump in a little bit, but Hezbollah, like, nigga, that beef, that beef where it overlapped, like up at Golan, like, that's where it kind of matters to us. But I mean, damn, nigga, we ain't asked you, <laughs> you ain't have to blow up a music festival, homie. Like, shit, they was so. <laughs> Geek down, cuz. But they figure if, damn, if like, if everybody jump in, like, Maybe they could see that, like, yo, we take five, you know, I mean, you can't, you ain't finna take all of us. You can't kill us all. You ain't gonna fight us all off. 
you know, that's that was they thought. Then maybe like, well, shit, man, maybe people start caring a little bit about what we doing, you know, kind of what we going through, you know, and maybe y'all could like, like, at, nigga, at least for at least at least at least remove the settlements like that, you know, at least nigga, like, damn, man, at least like, can we run our own? Can we run our own utilities, bro? Like, shit, you know, at least they thought maybe it would give them an option because they were no closer on October 6th than they were the 7th to any sort of solution or peace. It was just kind of like, it is what it is. Israel was just moving on, making their deals. It was just like, no, you haven't, you ever been in a relationship with somebody that did you dirty and then just kind of was like, let some time go by and then just kind of moved on. And it's like, nigga, are you going to address the shit that you just did? Like, is you finna like, and then fool be like, oh, why are you bringing up old stuff? <laughs> like, what you mean, why? You start knocking over stuff in the house. Like, nah, cuz, like, we finna deal with this. Turns out, old Ben was really with it and wanted all that heat. Dad, the dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's the part that I'm like, you can believe, like take about 75 to 80% of what they say to be like word, you know? So then if you, if you ask me, you push back, you're like, yo, well, what about like the civilian shit? Like y'all not like y'all, y'all ain't, I mean, it's, it's, it's Israelis in Palestine. Like y'all, y'all just lighting up civilians over here. And they like, no, we're not. We ain't killed no civilians. It's like, nigga, yes, you, what? <laughs> Yes, you have, you know, so that's one side. And then he'd be like, well, if they did, you know, I mean, niggas die every day. Like, okay, fam. Like, yeah, now y'all, okay, now, now we back to reality here. And then they, and then you like, and then if you push them, then they push them a little further. And, uh, and, and they ask them like, yo, well, what about, what about Israelis? Like you knew they was going to come and just mollywop y'all. Like, you don't feel no responsibility. Like, look, look, anything Israel do is on them. How they handle themselves, we can't control how they handle themselves. We just needed y'all to know, like, y'all gonna stop playing with us. And this, my friend, is why I say this is, I, I have no answer. And, and smarter people have tried. I just have no answer. My only answer is, like I said before, like, nigga, we gotta outlaw. We need to, we need to outlaw. We need to outlaw countries, nations. <laughs> I I don't know, fam. I don't know. I was out with some homies, uh, working on some coffee stuff, and we was talking about the homies I'm I'm doing a coffee collab with, uh, out in Greenville, the spot called Bridge City. They won Roaster of the Year, so shout out my man Brandon Seabrook, black roaster out there, and Greg. <laughs> white boy to run the thing. Greg's dummy, man. He loves it. Anyway, we was talking about like, yo, if you had a chance to go be on the first sort of village to Mars in Mars, would you go? I was like, man, I ain't going on the first one. You sit there, I go on the second or third one. I ain't going on the first one. You're not going to figure this out with me. The homie was like, nigga, 100%. Yes, I'm going to get there, fix me a crater, you know, distill the water and start charging taxes for everybody else to come. He like, nigga, it's land, cuz. Nobody here. I'm not displacing nobody. This is open, free land. I'm staking claim, right? He was like, that's what the white people did. They just staked their claim on their land and then charged everybody else. And look, I'm not that bad. Ain't nobody here. But when y'all get here, you go, I got all the water. I've been here. I've been here 30 years. I figured out the water. I know where the, I know where the oxygen is. Nigga, you can pay me. I was like, cuz you just gonna repeat the shit that we just left right now? <laughs> he was like, look. Hearts of men are wicked. Who can know it? 
The hearts of man are deceitful. Nigga, we need a savior. You understand what I'm saying? I'm born in sin, homeboy. This is what we doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to make that bread. It's my land. I was here first. That's my land. I licked it. This is just another gold rush, like the poem I, I gave y'all. But the thing is, like, once you do that, I'm like, nigga, it's Mars. I would get there and be like, this shit ain't yours, cuz? What the hell is you talking about? It's a polar ice cap right there. I'm just gonna chunk off some, nigga, get the hell out of my way talking about taxes, nigga. Did you make Mars? Fuck is you saying? <laughs> and the only way for him to protect that ice is he gotta build a fence. And then he gotta arm himself to make sure that everybody who looking at him like, you done lost your damn mind. You talking about this is yours. You just drew, he said, look, you remember when you was kids and you draw the, use your heel to draw the back of the, to draw in the dirt, the heel, your heel and just drag your foot and be like, don't cross this line. He's like, that's what I'm gonna do. I was like, yo, that's my literal poem. Making up lines, then screaming mine into newly formed oxygen. Like you really finna do it. And, and it's like, and I was like, yo, you just, you just created violence and sectarianism on Mars by doing that. So I don't, we got a terraform, baby. Anyway, what was Hamas thinking? Even though Israel's like, you take one, we take five. Hamas was like, I remember us, okay? Was it right? I, 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 who am I to say? I don't, I, I don't know. No, K-N-O-W and N-O. It's both. I, I know. <laughs> is Israel's response justified? What? What the hell kind of question is that? I just... It's, I, all I know is 178 babies a day. You feel me? Now, I think for this next season, I'm going to start doing these, like, just politics and history lessons in, um, just to understand what stuff is. So this one's going to be about foreign policy and around normalizing relations. So this is the, but look, it's like this section. So Matt, make some music for that. But look, it's like this. But look, it's like this. There it is. So right now, you know, election season, people talk about obviously foreign relations is and foreign policy is like is on everybody's docket for for debate. Like this is what like and right now the Republicans are in such a like they brain is everywhere. They can't figure out how they feel about anything. So some of them are like, yo, how can I be the mo most hawkish, the most like carpet bomb? And then how come? But then the other side, uh, another way you got to look at is the way that, you know, Trump and them run, which is they're isolationist. They're like, look, America first, nigga. I'm not finna send bread over there. Look, Ukraine, you on your own, nigga. 
which is so weird to hear uh the party that's usually like we need to go stamp out terrorism everywhere and spread freedom and democracy across the world we are the shining light the city on the hill for the world but now they like nigga get your own like <laughs> we got shit we need to take care of here and this is what's interesting about the black vote and why it's starting to shift a little more Republican because black people in a lot of ways, oh, oh, by and large, are pretty much <laughs> nativists and, and not not in the in the Trump sense, but in the sense of like because the Trump sense is racist. But in a sense, that's like. You got like Tupac, you got money for wars, but can't feed the poor. They like, nigga, we poor here. You spending money to just like, uh, no. We got our own problems, right? So a good example of how to understand this is like China and Taiwan. So here, here's your lesson. We've done an episode on this before and the question about like, I mentioned earlier about normalizing relations. China doesn't want us to recognize Taiwan as a real country, but Taiwan is essentially an ally of ours. Like we actually, we fuck with Taiwan. We kind of like, we fuck with China just because kind of we have to, right? But what we really mess with is we mess with Taiwan because we understand their whole history. And again, a quick refresher, China had a, had a civil war and uh, Chiang Kai-shek um, was the leader of the rebellion party, right? Who tried to take down the government. They were losing and rather than just like signing off and just falling off, they fled to the island of Taiwan. Right. And then was like, well, forget it. We'll just start our own China and we'll be the real China. So Taiwan's name is actually the, the Republic of China of China. Right. Uh, while China, China that we know it is called the People's Republic of China. Right. That's the communist version. Air quotes. Right. And Taiwan's the democratic version. Air quotes. Right. So the attitude is. China is like, they're not a real country. They're the losers. Stop talking to them. Everybody, listen, nobody play with Taiwan. Now, here's my question. No, here, here's, here's a way to look at it. Now, if I, if I was on a debate stage, again, this has to do with, again, normalizing relations, right? And when a lot of times when it comes to normalizing relations, it means you in the middle of somebody's personal beef, right? And that's exactly what's happening with, like, Israel and Palestine. Like, this, this day thing... Um, and you can have an opinion, but you gotta look at each, you gotta look at each situation uniquely, right? So one way is this is like you you ever you ever had a friend break up? You know, you had a you had a you was with a with a couple, uh a friend couple, they broke up, whether you know, even worse if they was divorced, and you might have an opinion as to who's technically right about this situation like which one of y'all you really actually agree with which one of y'all don't but you know what y'all y'all both my friends oh look look y'all both my friends i know y'all went through something but i like honestly you can't really know what happened between them because you wasn't there you're not in a relationship you don't really know what's happening ergo you wasn't outside you wasn't really you weren't really there you can only know you can have your opinions but listen y'all both my friends and unless somebody really get out of pocket with some like war crimes or some like famine or just gross violence. Like if one of them beating the shit out the other, that's a different story. But if it's, if it's in general, just like y'all just don't get along no more. I now nah, look, look, I ain't going to tell I'm getting money with both of y'all. Okay. 
I love both of y'all. I'm just going to stay out of it. Now, uh, basically, that's kind of been America's stance with China and Taiwan. It's like, look, I'm getting money with both of y'all. I don't, I have my opinions. I, but look, you, you know, I just, I, I stay out of it. We, we good, you know, just, I just, I don't want to cause no problems, right? That's basically how America be. And usually that's fine. You know, most couples understand that. Most couples understand, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, you know, you are there. You know, but I'm going to make my argument. But if one of y'all starts saying, well, you can't hang with me if you hang out with them. And if I'm America, I would be like, listen, I don't, that don't sit right with me. I don't like nobody telling me who I can hang out with. I don't like all that. You know, my friends is my, who I'm getting money with, who I'm getting money with. And, and in this situation, that's China. China telling the world, like, you can't fuck with us if you fuck with them. And, like, look, that don't, you know what, homeboy? And low-key, you was, you in the wrong. In, in y'all's breakup, you the one that's actually wrong. And I ain't been saying nothing because we both getting money. You know, like, slow your roll, fam. Like, I really, I actually don't really fuck with you. I just know we kind of have to. But when the grand scheme of things, because if it do go down with them, as America has promised, we said we would defend Taiwan. Now, why would we do that? Is it principled? Nigga, Taiwan make all the chips, all the processing chips in everything we got. Do you got something in your house that has a screen on it? That got a LED light? Nigga, your washing machine? Nigga, yo, the door lock? Nigga, anything. It's got a chip in it, and that chip was made in Taiwan. So I'm like, if I got to choose, <laughs> I'm going to tell you who I'm going to ride with. Because I'm looking at China. China is like, yeah, I buy a lot of your appliances, but none of your appliances is going to work if it ain't got a chip in it. We can figure out a factory in Mexico. That's what we doing right now. So I'm like, low key. Like, y'all need to, like, really chill. And do you really want to smoke with Taiwan? Nigga, your whole bomb stopped working. Because your bombs is ran by chips, too. So, like, look, I think it would behoove you. Like, don't look, man. Don't make it. We your last friend. I know you fucking with Russia. I know Russia your friend right now, but Russia don't love you. Y'all just share a border. So, like, slow down. Know your place. And let's everybody make this money. What I just explained to you is... <laughs> diplomacy and what our position is with China and Taiwan. All right, that's your lesson. Hood politics. All right, now don't you hit stop on this pod. You better listen to these credits. I need you to finish this thing so I can get the download numbers, okay? So don't stop it yet. But listen, this was recorded in East Los Boyle Heights by your boy Propaganda. Tap in with me at prophiphop.com. If you're in the cold brew coffee, we got Terraform Cold Brew. You can go there.com <laughs> and uh, use promo code HOOD, get 20% off, get yourself some coffee. This was mixed, edited, and mastered by your boy Matt Osowski, killing the beat softly. Check out his website, mattosowski.com. I'm going to spell it for you because I know. M-A-T-T-O-S-O-W-S-K-I.com. MattOwsowski.com. He got more music and stuff like that on there. So go and check out the heat. Hood Politics is a member of Cool Zone Media. Executive produced by Sophie Lichterman. Part of the iHeartMedia Podcast Network. Your theme music and scoring is also by the one and only Matt Ousowski. Still killing the beat softly. So listen, 
Don't let nobody lie to you. If you understand urban living, you understand politics. These people is not smarter than you. We'll see y'all next week. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.